Welcome to Determined to Disciple, a working mom's mission to raise disciples of Jesus. This podcast is designed to explore ways to intentionally disciple the precious children in our lives to love the Lord while navigating the unique challenges of being a full-time working mom. I'm Erin, a full-time working mom of three, and I'm your host. In this week's episode, I talk with my good friend, Tara Horn, about parenting through the unexpected. Tara is a mom of two whose oldest son was diagnosed with autism. She shares practical advice and encouragement for any parent who may be navigating unexpected seasons. This episode will be broken into two parts because she has such amazing wisdom for parents of children with special needs. Let's get started with part one. So I'm so glad you're here talking with me today. And um, can you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. My name is Tara Horn, and I am married to Nathan, and we discovered in this crazy season that we're coming up on 15 years of marriage, That's which so crazy. is just wild um, because it doesn't feel like it's been that long. No, and, I was at your um, wedding. How was that 15 years ago? I know, right? Makes you feel old. Oh my gosh. Um, but when I tell you that Noah is 12, and oh Olivia is turning eight soon. Um, oh. It just, it does go fast. So, and um, we were married in Illinois and we lived there um, for a while and had deep roots there with our families there um, and great support. And uh, we moved with his job with a relocation um, about almost three years ago to Texas. I love it. Um, and Tara and I went to church together, um, and we we're in their small group, and just like super dear friends that I, we love, love, love. So I'm so excited that you're here to talk with us. So can you talk a little bit about your parenting journey? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, we have Noah, who was our firstborn, and um He's 12 now, so that's just wild, the journey of um, that he's been on and that we have grown and learned as a family and as a parent. Um, but Noah um, is just so much fun. Um, he's actually really hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a very good personality and likes a good joke. Um, and he makes me smile every day. So he teaches me so much um, for how he sees things and how he, his perspective, just it changes how we see things and how he is not wrong at all with how he sees things, but he sees the world and hears things just so differently. And it's such a fun um, adventure to be his mom and to see how he um, is on that. But um, so Noah is on the autism spectrum and uh, with that is sensory processing disorder and other um, things that are on this little list, but that is not who Noah is. Noah is an amazing guy and all of those terms and all of the things that we've learned about him really just help us to know the tools that he needs um, to be his best self and to grow and to learn in ways that are just amazing. Um, But when Noah was um, about three and four, he was in preschool and we were, we would pick him up from church nursery or we would go to preschool or he would just have a rough day or um, things were a little off. And later now I look back and I'm like, oh, he had that rough day when he had a new teacher. Or, oh, they changed the schedule that day. They didn't stay in their classroom. And they ventured down the hall to something new. And he was thrown off. Um, uh, But his preschool teacher, and I went in to to borrow something from them. And uh, she pulled me aside and just shared some observations. And she just mentioned that, you know, you may want to, you know, call Easter Seals or call you know an organization here in town just to see um to look into these observations and i was i was like what what 
I just need you to shoot straight with me. What are the observations? What do you think this might mean? And and she was very hesitant, and um, but she was very kind. And she said, maybe Asperger's or autism. And she's like, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not really like, I'm not the one to say, but maybe you just want to, you know, I'd want to know or, and um, she was just so kind to take the time to mention those key things and to have me look into it. And so I got online, of course, we go to Google and um, uh, started looking at different things and different behaviors and different like things you might know. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. And um, talk to my husband and he's like, well, I don't know. I feel like, you know, somebody would know, or I'm not sure. And so we started, I was like, we just agreed to knock on the door and to get information. And once we started to get answers or felt like it was a closed door, we would let somebody else tell us no. So we decided to pursue the information thinking we might not have anything to find answers to, but we'll just look into it. So um, Noah was um, probably, let's see, so he was five when we finally got to Easter Seal. And uh, just there was a wait list um, mm -hmm. of nine months to get wow. a diagnosis. Um, and so we were getting therapies in the wait time. And we were... Uh, so he started OT for fine motor skills were tough and hard and challenging. Um, it just, I just thought he didn't like to color, you know, I thought, oh, okay, he's a boy, no big deal. Um, but it was a little tricky for him and I didn't know that it was tricky for him. So we started some OT and um, we started some speech and we just kept waiting. And so in this nine months, you know, that was forever to wait because you, you finally make the call, you're interested to get answers, and then you have to wait nine months to, like, yeah, get, even with the professionals. And so it was really discouraging, but it was also a, like, God preparing our heart just like he would a birth. And, like, the more we researched and the more we looked into things and just kind of observed him and, and was mindful of things, um, it also helped us to talk to a few people that we knew that might be, um, I probably called you, Erin. <laughs> I you don't did. remember. I'm like, you um, did. <laughs> I was just calling and asking and, and um, different people at church or, you know, friendships that we had that might know as well. Um, we were really pretty private about it, but we talked to dear friends and so when I say I Googled, I want to also um, just mention that, yes, we Googled, but we also were selective on what we read, what we took to heart. Um, so we would reach out to friends like we mentioned that we trusted or knew they had history and experience in this field. Um, but we didn't just like read online and just assume all of the like the things that people disliked about it or weaknesses or like we didn't own like everything in this world. We just, we just kind of like observed to see what might fit into some of these diagnoses and if that might be, but I, I mean, honestly, we saw a lot of mannerisms and a lot of like awesome personality things that some may say were quirky, but we just thought they were super cute and really fun um, I mean, one of, one of the things is sometimes, you know, folks on the autism spectrum quote things or they misspeak, you know, they're not sure how to process like what you're saying to them. And so they respond in something they think is what you want to hear or what would be appropriate. And so a lot of times they will watch a show and then they will quote a show or a movie in place of a response that you and I maybe would be expecting. And I remember one time Noah was little, I mean, toddler, and we had been watching the Jesus Storybook Bible. And he was in a timeout um, because he was, you know, making a poor choice because, you know, he was a toddler. <laughs> and they do that. <laughs> they do. 
And uh, he was in timeout. And instead of saying no or, you know, something else, he looked at me and he said, guards, take her away. <laughs> so he was taking like the scene of Jesus. Yes. And, like, and the guards abusing him. And yeah, I was the guard. So <laughs> like, he would take little mo movie quotes and we just thought, oh, that's cute. He must really like that part of the movie or um, yeah. different things. And so just really interesting. So when we met with the team and uh, we actually called, I was pretty persistent. I found that in this journey, um, I don't sit and wait a lot for mm -hmm. the system. Um, yeah. And that system could be like, how will it work out? Or how will, wherever the school will place us or, you know, I honestly, like, I don't mean that bad at all with any of the systems, but these offices for like therapies, for placement of students at schools, they're so overworked <laughs> and so busy. And, um, and so I try not to be difficult, but I also try not to like let the ball like sit for too long to just get a call. But I, I remember calling and um, mentioning, I had a friend who actually worked at Easter Seals and she was like, would you be willing to drive to our other office out of town at this other location? And I was like, oh yeah, we would totally drive. And so that bumped us up like three months in the process. So we finally went on our adventure to get the observation. And, you know, I, my prayer, you know, the, the church was really good. I worked on staff at our church at the time and they were praying with us. And, you know, they kind of wanted to know what were we praying. And I was like, well, I'm praying that they will see what they need to see. I don't want the perfect behavior. Right. Um, in this small window of time of someone meeting my child, I want like them to see like what I see at home or what others are, you know, that we need to see just so we can best help you know, and not have it uncertain. Like I would rather have just a clear day of like reality versus like a picture perfect appointment and then not have a guidance as to how to help and support. Sure. Um, so, I mean, that was a long day of observation for him. And I mean, you're just so drained and tired because you've been sitting and waiting and worrying. Um, okay. And so now we're at a six month period of waiting. Um, so we met with the team and that team um, was, you know, a, a pediatric um, development pediatric. So, uh, so we were in the, the room with the team and that was a developmental pediatrician. Um, I think it was a speech therapist. There was an OT occupational therapist. Um, and I don't remember if there were more, but it was a, it was, a, it felt like a room full of people. Mm -hmm. um, and they walked us through it and gave us, you know, the information on paper. And, you know, like I mentioned, there was, you know, different words of like autism spectrum and sensory processing. Um, there was anxiety, sleep disorder, different things. Right. And, right. and it was overwhelming. There, there was this whole packet of information and, um, I could, the pediatrician was just amazing. She was so great. And I was just, she's like, you seem surprised. She said, are you surprised? And I said, well, I'm not completely surprised, but I'm surprised that you, you know, where he's placed on this chart. Okay. And because he wasn't, it just wasn't where I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, and and she just looked at me and she said, it's because you know your son so well that he, he is, you know, you have a heart connection with him. And so it is okay that you are surprised by that, you know, but and I, look, I look back at that and I kind of like, um, I really just felt like God was with us so much in that moment and when we got to the car and we're like processing and tears and the different yeah. things and I remember just feeling a peace that this does not define him right this doesn't change who he's gonna become like it doesn't change God's plan for him 
Um, God's always known and created him in his image exactly the way he is. This is just a, and I really felt like God was like, this is a roadmap. This yeah. is, this is guidance. This just gives me tools and insurance coverage and like opens paths for the supports he needs to be his best. And, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the education team, I'm, I'm often like reminding them, Hey, we're not here to let him survive. Like he could survive and pass and he could be a C student, but with these like simple changes or supports, he could be an A student and I want right. him to be his best right. Right. and to thrive, not survive. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I felt like that the diagnosis was really just um, an open door for the supports that we might pursue for him. Mm-hmm. So once you got the diagnosis, like what was your next like step? So so you heard all of that. That was, I'm sure, very emotionally overwhelming and heavy. Yes. From there, what was your next step? So this is wild because I still just picture it so clearly. We were in the car at the parking lot and we had this packet of information, lots of flyers about different therapies and different, like all the things, you know, counselors and occupational therapy and speech and ABA and play therapy and counseling. And I mean, it was just like, holy cow. Um, And then parents and it was like, okay. And I remember Nate is very, he likes to look at the situation and then like narrow it down to like focus on like a couple things. And so he was so sweet and he was, he said, let's look at this, this packet and let's pick our top two or three things that we want to call about or pursue. And he said, for me, he was like, I feel like we could look for parent support and just meet other people who have been through this journey to help give us wisdom and just that we can glean from of like, what, what would they recommend or what has helped them or what didn't work well? Um, instead of just calling for every therapy and filling our calendars and taking all of our money. <laughs> right. <laughs> time. I'm like, it wasn't even money. It was time. And like, yeah, anyway. So, so what's wild about that is those were the focuses he wanted to have. And, um, so I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to be calling. I'm going to be looking at this. But then the next response before we left the parking lot um, and Nate and I just chuckle about this now, but he looked at me and he said, how about we just not tell anybody for a little bit? Let's just sit on it. Let's process. And let's just not tell anybody. And I remember I'm like, we had been waiting for six to nine months, you know, like waiting. We originally told nine months. It was more like six and people had been praying and I'm like, they're going to ask me, how do I not answer? Like, how do I not tell them? And so I just, I, I just listened and I kind of say one of those secret prayers, you know, to the Lord in your mind. And it was like, God help me because he doesn't want me to tell anybody And I just, I need to tell people, like, I just feel like if I can't be who I am and what I'm going through and be open with my friends, it's hard for me. Um, And he's a lot more private than I am. I'm a lot more like, this is what I'm going through. Pray, walk with me. Um, And so anyway, I remember he did say, you know, we talked about it and he was like, of course we can tell our family and the people who've been praying for us. But I, I think it was more coming from let's not just make a big poster and a flag for our yard you know right this right. is what we're going through so um so what's wild about that Erin is I started researching parent groups I remember going through all these brochures and every like organization the website didn't work for the parent group or it didn't it wasn't meeting anymore nothing was active nobody had anything oh we we you know it's on pause they would say it's on pause which was really code for no one wants to do this leading it. It's not happening. We don't know. Um, and, and so it was really interesting because after like, I mean, it was days, maybe a couple days I went to him and I was like, Nate, I've looked into this and that there's no leads. And he immediately responded. 
maybe we're supposed to start a parent group. And I looked at him and I was like, um, we might have to tell people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so we laughed because we're like, and he was like, I know. And so it was just really cool how God gave him time and also changed his heart um, in the process and, and changed our hearts of not only are we on this journey, but let's find people and do this journey with others. Um, it's not as lonely. It's yeah. not as scary. Um, and it is wild because when you first start this journey, sometimes it does feel super lonely um, or you might share with a friend and they just really don't know what mm-hmm. that means or they want to um give a reason why there's a behavior or like solve it or you know and and we saw all sides of that we saw some people wanted to resolve it or if you try this or you know maybe it's not that um but overall most people were supportive they didn't always know how to help but they were praying and with us in the journey um yes so for people who are listening that maybe love someone that loves somebody who is experiencing what y'all experienced, how can they help? Like, so when, when having those conversations, when hearing the heart of these parents that are going through this, what is a way for, for us to help? Yes. Um, so I would, I mean, obviously prayer, yeah. um, practical help would be, to offer to take the kids for an hour, two hours, take them to the park, take let them come over and watch a movie. Um, some kiddos change of environment might be hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they run or they like escape a park, you might want to just say, can I come to your house and watch your kids? Um, so they're there in that, you know, our environment versus my kids responding to new senses or, you know, um, that kind of thing, or I'm going to bring you a meal, yeah, a, a gift card for a meal or, um, you know, and that's, it's hard because, you know, you don't want to ask for help, right. but when that's extended, it's, it's good. Or okay. just offer, you know, one thing I learned, I don't even remember who offered it, um, but they said, when you offer to help, don't say, let me know if there's anything you need, or let me know if there's anything I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, the most helpful is, Hey, I'm going to come by and I'm going to, I'm going to bring you a meal and you're going to, you know, go out on a date or you're mm-hmm. going to go and just talk. I mean, honestly, like the time alone that we would get in that season, it usually wasn't a date. It was bring the pamphlets or bring the, like the laptops and let's research more information on what we might need to do or what insurance will cover or which which place has openings so I mean and if you're I mean some people are not sure that they can take on babysitting the kids Mm -hmm. then just offer what you can do and it could just be you know hey this is silly but I'm gonna I'll do your laundry (laughs) Ah, no (laughs) I'm like like, there were times sometimes that my mother-in-law would come and she would just like do the laundry and help so much or you know do the dishes and but for as a friend like a practical like just I'm bringing you dinner on Tuesday or drop a gift card by um that is helpful um but definitely you know the respite which was a new word to me until um this lovely special needs life we're living um but like giving the family a break of just giving them a calm a time even listening like sitting at the house after kids are in bed so you can go out for dessert that's a gift like yeah. such a gift right mm-hmm. yes I love it those are all such good ideas and like super practical because I think a lot of times you know people have a heart you know that is genuinely wanting to help right but sometimes I feel like our words maybe are more hurtful sometimes than helpful like when you're yeah. trying to it or you know whatever instead of just like you said those practical just 
those are simple things, you know, yeah. great ideas. Drop off a car. So <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I saw a post you, you just had a, a couple weeks ago on Facebook and you said, so it was autism awareness month and, um, somebody had dropped off a poster on your door. Uh, yeah. Still have no idea who that's from. Right. Celebrating autism awareness. And um, so you said that God has given and continues to give y'all great hope and peace in this journey. So how did y'all get to that place where you just had this just hope and peace? Was it always there or did that take time to get to that place? I would say that it continues to grow, but we, I mean, from the beginning, we trusted God and like, I don't know, I don't want to sound like, oh, we have it all figured out and we're so holy because that is not it. Um, but God's faithfulness in my life in chapters prior to all of this um, of just, you know, from growing up from a broken home and not having money to pay for college or you know losing a job and needing finances and knowing where to go as a single girl who's not sure where she's supposed to go you know like god has been so faithful in my walk with him that it was just like it's who he is to me i trust him and he's always come through um was it joyful and immediate like happiness? No. Um, but he, we know that he's not surprised. He wasn't surprised by it. Um, and he, he is such a part of this story that he's writing and that doesn't change. Um, I will say that one verse um, that always comes to mind um, when I think of this journey is Romans fifteen thirteen. 13. Um, and it says, may the God who gives hope fill you with great joy. May you have perfect peace as you trust in him. May the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just talks about that God is the giver of hope. He will fill you with joy, not just like give you a little bit. He's going to fill us. And that he gives us perfect peace as we trust in him. And so if we don't have perfect peace, then we need to trust him. And those are tied together. And so, um, you know, I don't know if you know the story, you probably do, the story of the writer, the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And that story of how that song is written is a beautiful one that I don't have time to get into completely, but the man was totally surprised by life's unexpected events of the loss of his kids at a boat on sea. And then he turns around and he writes this beautiful song about how he, how he chose that it is well with my soul. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was after we got the diagnosis, I went to Hobby Lobby because, you know, that's good therapy, shopping therapy, um, and <laughs> found a sign that said it is well with my soul. I just have to, it's just crazy. So I don't even know if we've even shared. I don't need, I have not shared any of, any of my things. I will at some point, but um, maybe tomorrow. I'm like trying to psych myself up for his one year, but yeah. I literally have a print um, sitting in that chair right there. I'm looking at it, but it's that hymn. Um, and that verse that you just read um, was like my, like my, uh, my, uh, like I couldn't live without it uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> and I was in the hospital with him and like after and home and all of that. So it's like, my goodness can just those, I don't know. That's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all of what you just said is like, like what? exactly what I have used for other purpose, other reasons, other, you know, yeah. experiences, but it's just crazy how God speaks in, it you is. know. So you mentioned that um, God has led y'all through uh, this journey, even when you didn't have any idea that he was at work. So what are some ways that you saw God walking you throughout this journey? Okay, so this list could be so long. Yes. <laughs> um, I had to stop, like, I was jotting down 
thoughts and I just had to stop because I'm like, okay, we don't need to share or don't have time to share all the ways. But um, a few highlights stuck out, um, especially in the beginning of the journey. Um, so wild because um, my sister, we were all in Illinois and my sister lived out of state and was coming to visit and she was bringing a friend and her friend um, they needed an extra, my mom didn't have enough room in her house for everyone. And so, uh, I was asked to basically host her, her friend. And so she was a dear friend to my sister and I had no idea, you know, all the things I knew that she was a special needs teacher, um, special education teacher, but I didn't really know what her specialty was or what she like focused on or any of her like situation or her expertise. I just knew my sister was coming home and she was bringing a friend for the shower for her wedding shower and she needed to have me host her. So I was like, awesome. Um, I still feel like God totally knew that we needed her to be in our home. She came, she was there for a weekend and, you know, asked a little bit about the journey. I told my sister it was fine to share that we were still waiting to get our observation, right? We didn't have any diagnosis. We were still in the wait process, but we were going finally for this awaited appointment in two days. Oh, wow. And she was in our home. So it was like she was in our home and we were talking and, you know, and I said to her, I said, if there's anything that you observe or you have questions that you think I should ask the at the appointment please let me know and she I said you're welcome to because I mean there is a I don't maybe you could speak to it maybe you can't but I what I know as a parent is there is a privacy contract that um teachers sign and they are probably coached. I mean, from my perspective, it seems that they're coached to not share your child may need to get, might have a diagnosis that's missing or they might need extra support or like, it's a very, very, Pretty much what you can say is like, we are observing these things. You may want to talk to your pediatrician is really all we're, we're able to say. Right. Um, And many still don't do that, you know, but maybe, yeah. So anyway, um, but she was a guest in my home, my sister's friend. And so I remember she was like, um, does he, I noticed this behavior. Is this something that is common or was that unusual? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is something that we see, you know, we've seen before. And she's like, you might want to mention that at the appointment. Oh, good. And she's like, she had some good, like, yeah. And she was like, oh, I noticed this. And he was so happy and he was so excited. She was like, and this behavior you might want to mention. Like, and it was all these little things that I loved, loved about his little toddler self that I had no idea that maybe these were all things that go together. And so, okay. I, like, two days before that long awaited appointment, and she never came back to visit. Like she came back, I think, like, but didn't stay with us or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just right. really cool how God placed her in our home, in our surroundings for her to observe and just give me insights. Like, and she, I remember, you know, there was, she said something, I, she asked about, does he, does he sleep through the night? And I was like, well, most of the time, and then I thought about it and I said, well, he sleeps through the night if he has socks on his feet. And she just goes, he doesn't sleep through the night without socks. And I said, nope. She's like, you might want to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, what? Like, and I don't know. Like, it was just such right. a funny, like, how does that come up? And why does that come up? And so it it just felt like God like prepared me and made me look a little bit more informed than I really was. But I had like this little list of things to mention of things that I probably would have over, like they would have been oversights. I wouldn't right. have been some of the small things that she noticed. Um, and then another thing that um, came up was 
before our appointment, before the big observation time, um, he started waking up at three in the morning and not going back to sleep. And I'd be like, oh, buddy, it's, you know, it's in the middle of the night. And he says, well, in China, it's time to get up. <laughs> and I was like, well, yes, but we don't live in China. <laughs> right. Go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were going through this. Well, it was in January. So it was, it was the beginning of the new semester. And what we discovered was going back getting out of routine for a break at school and then going back to the routine is really hard. So when they get out of their routine that they really crave and don't realize they need and they have a, a summer break or a long spring break or a ho- like the holiday break, it's hard. And yeah. so he internalized that and he was a little nervous and so how his body responded was I'm gonna just be awake and then I don't have to go and so anyway it it was funny though because he had never done that before you know but it was kindergarten so it was his first time going back to school and then years to come we discovered that it was a January thing (laughs) and we've outgrown that a lot but we also have things in place to help not right Um, so, and the last one that I thought of that was also kind of early in our journey was, um, Nate, you know, for his job for a while was traveling a lot more and he would, um, oversee or be a part of different teams that were in multiple locations. And so he would travel occasionally, um, to go and like meet with those teams in person, not just virtually and, um, right right as that journey was happening that we were kind of waiting in this process his role changed a little bit and his requirements for travel were less well looking back at it later like whenever he traveled we would have a rough like situation or something that just threw us off and we were trying to figure out what threw him off well then it it like all clicked that it was because our home routine was not what we were used to and so it just threw off our situation and through off behaviors and and his understanding yeah so again we wouldn't have known that but God did and allowed him to change his job so then we didn't have that battle in those early years of really needing routine and to know what to expect right for sure Mm -hmm. that's so awesome so you have talked already a little bit about just how it was a struggle at first to find a group of people that you could maybe come alongside one another in this journey, right? So, but you ended up finding, or you started one, right? (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) so you kind of created that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also have, you know, a super strong support system in your family and your church and your friendships teachers, therapists, like all of that. So for somebody who's listening, who may be just now starting this journey, how do you even begin finding a support system? First, we started with our family. Um, We shared the information with them and the place that we received the diagnosis um, offered a like intro to autism or an autism overview of just like explaining it and how to help or how to like different things to do and it was really more of an introduction to better understand it Um, and we found that inviting our parents and our immediate support like that they came and and I mean I think between Nate and I we attended it both two or three times because we would take a different parent it didn't work every time to take all the parents at one time so we attended a few times so everybody could attend and watch our kids, right? So we had right. like, well, I yeah. should watch the kids so they could go, and then we'll go. Divide and conquer, right? Yeah. Um, and now that's probably different, you know, with on online and virtual resources, it's probably changed a lot. Um, so, but what I found too is with our family, um, as I'm researching and I'm discovering tips uh, that help us, or like I've tried and helped our son, 
um, then I share those with them and say, try this or, you know, try this, try to use less words or, um, and they've been so helpful. Um, I remember after my sister attended the class, um, the way she interacted with Noah was so intentional on how to approach and not startle. Um, she's a hugger and loves big. And she discovered in that class that that might really startle someone on the spectrum or surprise them. Um, and so her little game with him is, hey, buddy, I'm going to hug you. <laughs> she doesn't say, can I? She says, I'm going to hug you, okay? And then she gives him a big hug. So he's just got a little heads up. Right, it's coming. For some love, like, prepare yourself. Um, and she still does that. And it's so sweet. Um, and he loves it. And he appreci appreciates that he sees it coming <laughs> so much. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so with our family, and, and they they have been so helpful with babysitting and bringing dinner and running an errand or helping with, you know, different things and praying support. Um, for us, we also were blessed to have a church where special needs was on the forefront. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a part of who they were and it was growing rapidly at like different levels and the, their extend, um, their extension of God's love through special needs has grown even more um, through the years, but they, they had it on their radar. They were praying with us. They had suggestions and resources. It wasn't the whole church that, you know, the, everybody on staff is learning with that, you know, no, none, none of us were pros, but we were welcoming and wanted them. We wanted families to know that there was a place for them. Right. Right. Well, and I, you know, like leading this group, this is a little bit off topic. So, um, but we discovered that over 50%, probably higher of the families that were coming to our care group had been asked not to come back to their church. Oh, wow. And they, they had situations where the church would say, we're not sure what to do. So maybe don't bring him to the kids next week. And I loved that the church we were at was, we're not sure what to do, but we're going to try something we're new next week. Figure it we're going to figure this out together. Bring him back. We will call you if he's not here because we want him to be here and grow. Um, and so that was wild to like, Yes. Um, so if you're new in this journey and you're listening um, and your church doesn't have that, maybe reach out even to to your church and see if they know of a church that has that or ask about that just so you can see if there's supports. There may be parent supports. There may be um, buddies at the church. So like they might be able to have uh, an older peer. Yeah, like a junior high or high school sit with the, your student and when they need to break to move around, they can just take them for a little walk and take them right back to their class. And, you know, there might be things in, in process for that that you're not sure exists. So talk to your church um, and then support groups. Like so we really wanted that and we would not have said that we wanted a support group for anything else in our lives, really. Like, I'm like, yeah, group is that, but we wouldn't right. be like, Oh, that's, I want to go do that. But, um, it was so life giving to us to, um, to grow with those families and to be loved by those families. And we loved them and loved them with all of our hearts. And we hope that we impacted them, but I know that we were forever changed by being with them and learning from them. Um, you can do in-person groups. A lot of places that offer therapies, offer parent resources, um, and the school district here. So our school district here has online courses. Um, part of it was because of COVID. Um, they used to offer like monthly resources once a once a month, um, but now they're online. Um, and then uh, there's also private groups that are just the families of special needs in our district asking questions and like, where do you go for therapy or 
who would you recommend or um so but then there's also like um private uh groups in the community that we're in and then nationally so there's lots of different ones that you can find um and some of them are not not the ones that maybe you want to be in so you like might get in the group and you're like oh this is this is a lot of like not the information I'm looking for, you can just, you know, log out and unsubscribe to that. But a lot of those private groups, you can just go into Facebook and go into a little search and look at the posts and find a lot of information of, hey, you know, I'm looking for about this habit, you know, and what what are tips that worked or this is the therapy we're looking into, you know, what worked for you or where would you go? Um, so one thing that in this journey, um, we joked earlier about how Nate didn't want to tell anybody, um, but it was right around that time that our our church was doing a all church study on a book series called We Speak, and it was just became our mantra that when God is leading or a conversation comes up, don't be afraid to speak about this journey. Now the book was all about sharing God's, you know, God's love and his faith. But for us in that season, this was so like, do we tell, who do we tell, you know? And so it's very, like I did post recently about autism awareness day. Um, but I generally don't like have my, my post every day about this is our world and autism. Like I just, we don't post all all those things um, because we're just a family having fun. We're going to post our highlights of our memories. And I'm always willing, like usually willing to share our journeys of the good, bad, and the ugly, but um, that's not what I use my social media for. So right. anyway, but in the journey, like I think it's good to know that we are in this journey and we're willing to share it. And when we're willing to speak about it, um, it is pretty awesome how God opens a door in a conversation um, about it. Like even tonight, I met someone, never met them before in this neighborhood. We greeted each other across the street and we asked about each other's kids. And then he said something and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And he's like, well, I have a son with autism. And I was like, oh, I do too. Like, it was just fun that like, if you yeah. that I'll share a little. And, and it was just neat because we didn't really share a ton. But it mm -hmm. was like, when you share, a lot of times God leads you to somebody. Um, yeah. And you don't know, like, I think of a dear friend now. Um, our kids um, were in a music class and she will probably listen to this and love that <laughs> no um, it was so funny because we were in a music class together we were in uh and our kids were oh goodness so Livy was probably three or four and um so her son was in the class and we were playing and singing and and he would come and he would just give me the biggest hug and she's like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm like oh please don't be sorry I love yeah. his hugs and, and I was like, oh, he reminds me of my son at this age. And he reminds me of this son, at, of my son at this age. And um, it was so wild because I just loved being in music class with her. And then I got to the car and I'm like, he reminds me of my son at this age. And then I was like, oh, and I'm like, God, I don't know her. You don't, I, I don't, I can't say anything, you know, I'm like, and it was during this, we speak time and I'm like I don't want to speak like I don't right. want to because I don't want to offend I don't know right. her and right. some people are defensive because they're just uncertain or they don't they're not sure and it's it's fine who are you lady you know and so I remember praying for this now dear friend who I tell so much to um and praying and I was like God if I'm supposed to say or share any part of our journey you're going to have to like lead this conversation because I'm not going to music class to like spew this right. autism conversation. Like, but right. if I'm supposed to shed, share your light in this journey, you're going to have to like open the journey. So it was probably a couple weeks later and we're like playing and the kids are singing. And then she's like, Hey, you said 
uh, he reminds you of your son at this age. I'm like, yeah, I did. Uh, he does so much. And she's like, tell me they outgrow it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, well. Yes. Looked at me and I was like, well, I was like, many do. Many kids outgrow this. I said, for us, our story, we didn't outgrow some of these things. I said, you know, and then I shared our story of what that looked like and what we discovered. And I said, but I don't know, you know, what your journey will look like. He may totally outgrow it. But for us, we didn't outgrow it. But I love every bit of, you know, this. And we, she wanted to know more. And we shared our story. They came to church with us. We're in our small group eventually and some of the hardest people to leave when we moved. So um, you never know how right. God will like surround you with people that you need to support one another. And so just really cool how he does that. And so he kind of builds that. We just have to be willing to share and be yeah. willing to like let others help us. It's not easy to ask others for help or to say, you know, could you run this errand? Like, I, I wouldn't say, can you bring me a meal? Like, I'm not going to ask somebody to do that. But if somebody brought me a meal, I'd be like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you so much. Yes. Like, like, oh, what a blessing. Or a freezer meal yes. so I can do it on a rough day. You know, on the days that are rough, it's like, what are we going to do? Um, so, so building that support, um, just allowing God to use that. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And it just makes me think like I've heard it said like vulnerability breeds vulnerability, right? So mm -hmm. the more vulnerable you are, it just allowed, like you just said with your friend, like that may not have, it, who knows, like it may not have led to her, I don't know if, I, if it led to a diagnosis for her son and looking into things or whatever. But I mean, like, my goodness, just the fact that you were able to be brave and vulnerable and that's just amazing. It was, it's scary, but it's good. And For I sure. Think that, I think as you start to do that, there's just something in you that makes you more willing to do it the next time. And it makes it a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But it also is like when you're really hesitant and like, but you kind of feel like you really have to do it. Like it just, I don't know. Sometimes that's God leading. So we just have to be right. in tune with that. Yeah, not always sure. easy to do. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs>